We are uh, in a series right now on wisdom, and we're looking through Proverbs, and we've talked about the basis of wisdom being the fear of the Lord, and this idea of wisdom being, really it's growing in the skill of the art of godly living. So we, we want to be skilled in the art of godly living. It's not a science, it's not a just do this and this will happen. Uh, we want to grow in that skill. And we've talked about the fact that we could also say it's being skilled in the art of godly relationships. So we've talked about money, and we've talked about jobs, work, how we think about these things. We've talked about pride and humility. And uh, this morning we find ourselves talking about this idea of friendship, which is probably talked about a lot less than other kinds of relationships. Uh, Larry is a big music fan. He put me on to this new album this week, Country artist turned pop, Taylor Swift, you may have heard of. Um, Larry's not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but uh, she did have a new album that came out uh, just a few days ago. And I've looked, uh, I did listen, and it's fine. And uh, there's some, I actually like Taylor Swift, but anyway, uh, the lyrics, I looked through some of the lyrics, and you may be surprised to learn, if if I had to, you know, we're not going to do a poll, but if you had to guess how many of the 13 songs are about romantic relationships and how many are about you know, friendships? Um, well, I, I'll just go ahead and tell you the answer. Uh, 12 of the songs have a significant theme of romantic relationships, and the last one doesn't have anything to do with friendship, but it's uh, not necessarily about uh, romantic relationships either. So the majority about Love, as we, when you even hear the word love in a song, you, you think in terms of romantic relationships. There are a lot of songs, it turns out, about romantic love and relationships. There are a lot fewer songs about friendship. There are some that exist, Lean on Me and You've Got a Friend, and, but not many. Not many songs about friendship. A lot more about uh, romantic relationships. And that, that's probably not a surprise uh, to us. My hope is this morning we spend some time talking and thinking about friendships in ways that we don't always do. Uh, Because the Proverbs invite us into this conversation. The Lord invites us into a conversation about friendship and the role that it plays in our lives. And we're going to answer a few questions about friendship. We're going to first ask, what is friendship? We won't cover it all, but we'll cover some of the things in these passages. What is friendship? Why is it hard? Because I think we all know it's hard. And then, uh, and lastly, uh, why is it not enough? Even if we find the friendship that we might be looking for. Let me pray for us and we'll dive in. Lord, work in our hearts to reveal your truth to us that we might think more about friendship and that we might think about how it affects relationship with you and uh, how it invites us into uh, a life of flourishing that you have created us for. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What is friendship? Uh, And again, I'm not going to be able to cover everything here, but we're going to look at some of these passages and ask that question. I think we we need to note that the reality is friendship shapes us in pretty significant ways. Relationships with others uh, shape us. They make us who we are. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. There, there is this recognition here, and this is not, I mean, this, is a, this idea of a proverb is fairly well known, that we are shaped by the people around us. And as is the case with a lot of proverbs, they are 
are situationally applied as we compare them to others. What, to be clear, biblically, this is not saying, you know, don't spend time with anybody that you disagree with. This is not saying even as those of us who root wisdom in the fear of the Lord, that is in relationship with the Lord and following him, and, and th those are called wise throughout Proverbs, and fools are those that reject the Lord, that reject Yahweh, that is the we remember the personal name for God who says, I want to be your God and you be my people. I want relationship with you. And the Proverbs talk about the fool being that who rejects, the one who rejects that. This is not saying uh, don't have any relationship or companionship or even friendship with those who, who reject the Lord. That's not what this is saying. But it is recognizing that we are deeply shaped by the people that we are around, and particularly our closest friends. We are shaped by those around us. Often our culture tells us that you, you are whoever you create yourself to be. You are ever, whoever you want to be. Uh, to quote Tim Keller, he says, our culture says, I am what I choose to be. That was a direct quote from Keller. <laughs> he, he, he acknowledges the fact that we can choose some of our friends, and this is what it's talking about, encouraging us to think about who we surround ourselves with, but we are absolutely 100% shaped by those around us. In the beginning, it's our families, and our families, on some level, tell us who we're going to be, and then it's our friends, and we do have some say in that, but the people around us shape who we're going to be. We are defined by where we live and the people that we spend time with, and we would define ourselves and if we think about it in those terms, very differently if we were to be dropped in a different century, in a different country, in a different place, right? We are incredibly shaped by those around us. And, and the writers of the Proverbs are calling us, inviting us to recognize that we are deeply shaped by those around us. And it's inviting us into particular kinds of friendship and relationships. And there's a call to really a depth of relationship. The, the friend that sticks closer than a brother, the friend that loves at all times. I, I just would encourage a resource to you on this idea of friendship. If you think, I would like to think more, read more about this, the place that I would send you first is C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves. And he talks about four different kinds of love, but you could just read the chapter on friendship and you, you would benefit from that chapter. Uh, C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves. And one of the things that he talks about in there is that, that friendship on some level is, uh, is discovered or, or found. That there's a moment often when we uh, interact with somebody else and, and the language that he uses, we say, what, you too? I, I thought I was the only one who cared about this. We, we have something that we find the similar interest, the similar passion that we care about. Uh, that there is a level on which friendship is, is not just something we can create and make. And this is one of the reasons we're going to, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit to it's why is it hard, but there's a sense in which uh, friendship is often something that we kind of happen into. We can't just find somebody and say, you're going to be my friend and we're going to make it happen. Or even think uh, in those terms without telling somebody. I, let me encourage you not to do that. <laughs> not to go up to somebody and say, you're going to be my closest friend. BFFs, me and you. Uh, that, that's not the way that we do it. We, we, there's a, a level in which we find it. And yet, there's also a sense in which we have to create space to make it happen. We have to work at friendships. Derek Kidner is an Old Testament theologian and commentator that gives four categories that we find in these passages about, about friendship, what it looks like. 
And and the, the four are constancy, candor, counsel, and carefulness. He calls it tact, but um, we're going to give it another C. Uh, So constancy, candor, counsel, and carefulness. Just real quick on each of these. Constancy. Chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times. There's a presence and availability here. Chapter 27 at the end, the second part of verse 10. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Presence. Availability matters deeply. Being there where you can actually interact with somebody. And it's fairly simple. We, 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 on some level, know this intuitively. To be friends with somebody, we have to be available to spend time with them. A friend loves at all times, no matter what's going on. Even in the hard times, maybe even particularly in the hard times. We know this from experience that friendships are really formed. They're deepened when things are hard. So if you have a tragedy happen, a loss happen, and your friend is there for you, their presence there for you, even if they don't know what to say, oftentimes caring for somebody in a difficult time is just being present, even when you don't know what to say. And and a companion might say, I'm so sorry this happened. Let me know if I can do anything for you. A friend actually knows the appropriate time to just show up. I've got a meal for you, a car. I'm just going to sit with you. Uh, There's a depth to the availability and presence. And there's even, I think it's helpful for us to hear that in this culture, the the primary relationships were familial. The family was the core. And and what we find here is that actually the, the writers of Proverbs are saying a friend can be even better, more important. Better is a friend who is near than a brother who is far away. And so... There is this recognition of the availability, the presence. And even in that, a generous presence, a willingness to sacrifice and care for others. Uh, Chapter 11, verse 24, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. There's an invitation for your friendship, your relationship, your availability to be selfless and generous. I think it's also helpful to note that, that a friendship is there at all times. A, a friend loves at all times. It's not just when things are hard, somebody's going through a difficult tragedy. That's often what pops into our head first when we think about loving at all times. It's also recognizing that your friend is going to, uh, is they're going to sin. They're going to make mistakes. And it might be even against you. And a friend loves at all times. Even then, even when you see the weakness Even when that weakness has hurt you, there's an invitation to be there for your friends. So that's constancy, the presence, the availability, and the ways that that plays out. There's candor, a willingness to have the hard conversation, 28 verse 23. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. We see this as well with uh, the idea of iron sharpening iron. There's friction there. But as iron sharpens iron, the one man sharpens another. And we spend a lot of time on this actually in humility and pride that we should be willing to to say hard things and we should be willing to hear hard things about ourselves. That's what true friendship does. You know, a little bit of that on a much deeper level, hey, your fly is down. But often it's, uh, you you, you might have a significant problem here. Maybe it's, I, I see that you've been, drinking too much lately. 
or I see that you're not treating these, this person well or these people well, or, or the things that you've been saying aren't, aren't very truthful or helpful. Those are hard conversations to have, but true friendship has those conversations with one another. The third C is counsel. So not just candor. Counsel, I think, is a little bit of the other side of the coin, the flip side of the coin of candor that would have the hard conversation. It's, it's actually encouraging conversation. There is this picture of the sweetness of friendship. Oil and perfume, chapter 27, verse 9. Oil and perfume, <coughs> excuse me, make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. This idea of counsel is, a, is, is encouraging direction, affirming somebody, right? You know, I, I see that you're really good at this. You're, you're too hard on yourself. You actually uh, would do well to, uh, to keep going in this particular area of your life. Oftentimes people need to hear the good things about themselves and their lives and the direction they're headed and be encouraged in that way. Or to help think through decisions that they're making and be encouraged by a friend. That is counsel. Lastly is carefulness. And this is tact, essentially. This is knowing when to say the right things. And uh, again, spent a lot of time on this a number of weeks ago when we looked at humility and when we talked about speech. Knowing when to say what is true. True friends know how to do that. Friendship is uh, also unique. And this is one of the reasons that it can be hard to find, but it's, it's a calling into unique relationships with others. It's, it's not just being known by all kinds of people. And we live in a time where our value is often uh, challenged more and more to find uh, lots and lots of friends, right? Uh, Facebook, you have friends on Facebook. You might have thousands of friends on Facebook. Younger kids, that's like a... Social media for older people. Anyway, uh, you know, you have friends, you have people who follow you on Instagram, and the more the better, right? And, and, and the more worth that we often feel, the, the encouragement that we feel. And, and, and those apps we know, we, we've heard a lot about the fact that they're built to uh, give us this, this shot of almost adrenaline when we see the likes or we see the friends or we see the connection that we think we have. And it's often not based in reality. Friendship is, is often really just with one other person or two other people or three other people. It's a small number. It's this unique relationship. We need to be reminded of that. Chapter 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It feels particularly important in this uh, mode of social media and having so many people like us or follow us or affirm us people that we don't really have real and deep relationship with. And there are all kinds of studies that put limits on the number of people that we're actually just even able to emotionally or physically uh, be close to or really know and be known. Friendship here in, in the Proverbs is inviting us into close, deep relationship. And there is an invitation to take time to work on it, to think about it, to ask, you know, who are the people that I'm around? And am I pursuing availability and presence with them? Am I pursuing honesty with them? Am I pursuing counsel? Am I pursuing all kinds of these things with them? Am I taking the time to do that? Am I, am I praying for them? Am I being with them? Am I considering and reaching out to them? There are all kinds of ways that we could think about what do our friendships look like and how could we work on them? The reality is it's work. And that's actually one of the reasons that it's hard. Why is it hard? Why are friendships hard? I think there are a lot of reasons. 
But, but one is oftentimes it doesn't feel necessary. It doesn't feel necessary like some other kinds of relationships or loves do feel necessary. And I think one of the reasons that we find so many songs about romantic love is there's a sense in which it feels more necessary. So it emotionally feels necessary to us at times. But then you could also argue that it's actually necessary for procreation, for human race to move forward, that we would say that that romantic love is is needed there. So it's it's this thing that we have to talk about and think about and focus on. Familial love, as I've talked about before, the, the, the love that a parent has for their child or vice versa, like, That's necessary for life to grow and to continue to move forward. Or relationship and care between neighbors and community. That's necessary for community to exist, for us to have places in which we can find shelter and food and all those kind of things. We need those connections. And friendship just feels often like this. It'd be great, but it's not necessary. It's not really necessary. And I'm, I'm focused on other things. If we go back to C.S. Lewis and the Four Loves, he, he actually uh, talks about this very reality and he says, friendship isn't necessary. Here's the quote. Friendship is unnecessary. Like philosophy, like art, it has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things that brings value to survival. It has no survival value in itself, but it brings value to survival. Now, we could make an argument that real survival needs value, that this is absolutely necessary. And, and the, the writers of Proverbs are saying, yes, this is, it doesn't feel necessary, but it is. I mean, I think about that comparison to philosophy or art, and uh, I think about our experience at Redeemer and Fountain Square Press and how liturgical art and, and just appreciation of the arts in general in our homes and our lives is something that we have experienced in ways that we hadn't in other churches and places. And we were able to worship the Lord for years with, you know, just some ferns up front. And, and that, that was great. But there's a sense in which I've, I want to be in a place. And, I, and, you know, over sabbatical, worship in a lot of places. And they don't all do liturgical art. And uh, yet I feel drawn in more. I, I love having liturgical art in the service. And uh, I, I get excited about those opportunities. Just to put that on your calendar Back to the pitch-ins, excited about that in two weeks. And after the pitch-in or during, we're going to work on our Advent liturgical art. We're all going to be able to participate in that. I love those beautiful things. It brings greater value, right? And we're all invited into that. That was a side note. That was for free. But it is a picture of friendship, right? It is this thing that is incredibly valuable. It adds value to our lives, to our survival and we're invited into it in, in beautiful ways. And, and there's a challenge that even though it's not top of mind, we're called to think about it and to engage in it. Other reasons that it's hard, not just the, those emotional or philosophical thoughts, but just practically, it is difficult. I, I don't know if you feel busy, but I imagine, because I'm in relationship with most of you, that you feel busy because most of you tell me that you're too busy. Like, we just don't have margin, right? We don't have margin for friendship. But because it doesn't feel necessary, it gets pushed to the back burner. It, we are incredibly busy. And if we remember, one of those first things, that the first C was, uh, was this idea that we need to be available. This constancy, constant in relationship, in presence. 
We, we need to be around one another to be in friendship. We need time with one another to have friendship. And, and the encouragement is to actually make that a priority, to think about finding a couple of people that you could be friends with. And, and I recognize that our, if you're married, that that's the relationship that takes primacy, but to find time for uh, your spouse to find friends that they connect with. And sometimes you are able to find those friends together, but we need those relationships and to think of it as a priority, something that we would find uh, time to invest in because it's incredibly valuable. valuable. It shapes us. It moves us forward in wisdom. It enhances our relationship with the Lord. We actually find that in the book of Proverbs and elsewhere, one another, we are desperately needing one another. It is absolutely necessary and so taking time to make it a priority is incredibly helpful. Um, it's, we live in a world that's also transitory. So we, we move all the time and uh, it, we get jobs in other cities and we can think about the people that we miss who have left Fountain Square Press because they moved to other cities for jobs or family or whatever. And they were all wrong to do so. We miss them, right? But it just the reality is that makes it harder to connect and to build friendships and deep relationships over time. We, we recognize that that just makes it hard. I, I, I think we, we also, we live in this highly sexualized culture. And so close relationship or any kind of intimacy, we both have uh, the assumptions that are made on the outside. And then we have our own temptations and desires that enter in and and it makes friendship, it adds this layer that is difficult, and we need to be aware of that. And so it does mean having wisdom in the relationships that we create and uh, knowing what our temptations are and those kind of things, but that adds a layer of difficulty to our friendships. One of the things, again, I'll go back to the four loves. One of the things that's really helpful there is Lewis talks about having relationships and the value among a group, a small group of friends. And the fact that we know and experience one another in better ways because we have the relationship with one another. He, he talks about if you lose a friend, if a friend dies, it's not like, well, Jim died, now I get more of John. And so I miss parts of John that Jim brought out. That we bring out this relationship with one another. That if we can find relationships with multiple friends, this is, uh, this is a benefit all around for all kinds of reasons. I think as we ask this question of why it's hard, and, and I have not uh, listed everything for sure, I think it's helpful to note, to realize that this is true for everybody. This is a, it is hard across the board. You, you know, sometimes we think uh, that maybe it's our parents don't struggle with finding friends, or we think oh, it's easy for kids. Like, it, it's, it's hard at every stage, in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, in college, and after college, all, there might be times where it's been easier, but overall, it is hard all across the board to find deep, meaningful friendships. And I think it's helpful to realize that, because one of the things that we do is we see somebody's social media posts, and man, they are, they're living life, and they've got the friends, and we, we assume that it's easy for them that things are going great. And the reality is, is this is hard for everybody. All ages, all stages of life, friendship is just, is just difficult. But 
It is something that we can pursue, something that we can find hope in, and that there is a sweetness there. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. There is something beautiful that is offered here that we're invited into. And sometimes that comes in the differences that we have. I and mean, one of the beautiful things about the gospel is it could be this place that we, we're, we're both excited about the same thing. We can find a friend that, that is seeking after Jesus. Remember that wisdom is rooted in the fear of the Lord. It is rooted in relationship with the Lord. The Lord who came to earth as Jesus Christ, relationship with Jesus is rooted in that. And when we have that in common, the other differences can actually be beautiful. So that as we're in relationship with those who are different than us, sometimes that can make friendship hard. But there should be a beauty that the, the counsel and, uh, and the challenge would, would be all the more beautiful because it's coming from different perspectives, but centered upon relationship with the Lord. Recognizing that it's hard actually makes it easier, I think, to move forward with hope. Recognizing that it's not just going great for everybody else. It's hard for everybody. So we're thinking a number of different things at this point. And this gets to the last question of why is it not enough? Because maybe you find yourself in that place where I haven't found that friend. And I long for that friendship. And I... I, I've acknowledged it's hard. I don't have, this is not a sermon of, okay, read these verses, go out, find that friend. It's not that easy, right? My encouragement to you would be to start with humbling yourself before the Lord and asking him to give you friends. Asking him to provide this beautiful sweetness. And and I, I don't, even in that, have promises of, you know, it's gonna happen in this amount of time or those kind of things, but but. Seek after him, because we're going to see, giving away a little bit of where we're going, he's the ultimate friend. But go to him and ask for him to work. Because the reality is, even if you find yourself in a place where you think, you know, I've actually got a pretty good friend. Or I actually have a few pretty good friends. There's, there's a sense in which you know it's not enough, and there are a few different reasons for that. One is we're ultimately created for relationship with our creator. That's the ultimate one. But the fact is, our friends are going to let us down. They are going to fail us. So all of these beautiful things, they are beautiful and sweet, but they're never perfect. Never. Your, your friends are sinful. Their hearts are broken and selfish. They're going to let you down. And not only that, you are going to fail your friends. You can't be this kind of friend. You're not going to be able to do it. You're going to fail. They're going to fail you. You're going to fail them. Be encouraged. (laughs) That's the reality of who we are. That's the reality of our broken hearts. But into that reality comes the Lord in all of his powerful working. The Lord who has existed in the perfect friendship for all eternity past as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perfect relationship with himself, and he enters into this world as the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, come into this world, Yahweh, the one who says, I am your God, and you are my people. I want relationship with you. He comes into this world, his presence here, and he has left us with the presence of the Holy Spirit, his constancy, 
his availability, his presence offered for us. And he knew, even as he was wisdom personified, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, even as he was wisdom personified in this world, even as he came to be our friend, he knew that he would be abandoned by his friends. And yet even knowing that, in John chapter 15, He's sitting with the disciples. He's already said, one of you is going to betray me. He knows that the others are going to abandon him. They're going to run away. He, he knows all that. He knew all that before he came into this world. And he's sitting with the disciples. And he says, John 15, verse 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. The Lord comes and he says, I have loved you enough to sacrifice myself for you, to provide for you, my friends. I call you friends. And we talked about this a number of weeks ago, that the Lord loves us deeply. He loves us in all of our particularity. That is, he loves each and every one of us that he invites into relationship with him. He loves you in all your individual particularity. And he says, you are my friend. And he is the ultimate friend who has laid down his life for us. And that action both makes us friends with him, access then to the Father, access to all the promises that he gives, forgiveness of sin, inheritance, eternal life with him, all that we could hope or imagine, beyond all that we could hope or imagine, in fact. But it also then empowers us to love one another. So he chose us. He called us. He entered into in, relationship with us, calling us friends. And then he says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. What he has done is so that we can pursue friendship with one another. So that we might have hope that something like this would actually happen. Because of what he has done for us. Both as he is our closest and best friend, and as he then invites us to love one another in true friendship. Let me pray.